today is Thursday, February 29th, 2024, and we are nice. I don't know. I'm not good at writing songs. Don't ever listen to me. I, I can barely sing my kids' lullabies at night. Like I, I'm, My wife laughs at me when I try and sing my, to my kids at night when I'm putting them down. So don't, you don't come to this show for me to sing, but I'm going to be singing the praises of the Supreme Court today for doing the right thing and grabbing from the evil jaws of the Marxist judges and the politicized court systems around this country that have been politicized like a cancer some of these important decisions and trials. Baby, we are ready for it. Supreme Court announces that they will take up Trump's immunity claims, putting trial on hold. Jack Smith is sobbing into his soy latte this morning. Oh, it is so delicious. His grotesque, greasy little beard. Hunter Biden grilled under oath on Capitol Hill in impeachment inquiry, and he lied. Who will be here to talk about it? Chairman James Comer. Hey, baby, what a show. James Comer's gonna be on, and also Julie Kelly joins the show. A twofer. Get ready. We are ready to roll, and January 6th political prisoners are going free at this very moment. I want to see the entire comment section with hallelujahs and prayer emojis. January 6th political, political prisoners are being freed right now by the Supreme Court. We'll cover it all on today's show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Breaking news environments require you to be plugged in and tied into our show. We were live. How long were we live yesterday? We were live. Mitch McConnell, like, resigned, pseudo resigned, um, live on the show. So we went for another hour and a half covering that breaking news. And we have senators that'll be joining us. It's going to be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here for you. Make sure that you are locked in with Patriot Mobile. Make sure that you are using a cell phone company that actually supports you and supports free speech. We use Patriot Mobile when we're out and on the road. We are going to be going to uh, Miami next week. Very excited. Rolls Royce is Rolls Royce is grinning from ear to ear. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to put him on stage. There he is. Look at him smile. Look at Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce smiling. What are we going to Miami for, Rolls-Royce? We are going to Trump Doral. New Trump Cribs episode. That's Get right. ready, baby. Right. We're going to be doing new Trump Cribs episodes. Trump is inviting us to his properties. We are going to show some of the um, really impressive things that the president has built. And we look forward to sharing all of that with you. The way we do this is Patriot Mobile. Please go and... Um, Sign up today, patriotmobile.com slash Benny, or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Benny. Join me and make the switch today. Okay, baby, we got it. The Supreme Court has decided if Trump will decide if Trump is immune from prosecution, justices agree to take up the case and delay Jack Smith's election interference trial. Ooh, they were counting on being able to put Donald Trump in jail. They wanted to put Donald Trump in jail. They went down to Big Fanny and said, hey, put him in jail. Well, now it looks like Big Fanny's going to jail. How special is that? They went to New York. Those cases are a joke. They will be appealed. They actually agreed to the appeal yesterday. So Donald Trump winning there in New York, however evil that is. I mean, it's completely evil. Get out of New York, no matter what, right? They thought that they could rip Donald Trump off the ballots in Maine, Colorado. And we just found out last night, Illinois. When a traffic ticket judge, a judge who literally writes traffic tickets, decided that Donald Trump can't be on the ballot. <laughs> that got destroyed. 
by the Supreme Court. And many experts are saying that's going to be a 9-0 decision in favor of Donald Trump. Okay. And now the last thing they had to hang their hats on, libs, the last thing they had was this Jack Smith case in Washington, D.C. Donald Trump inspired an erection. He inspired our erections. Like that's that's the last thing that they had. Okay. That to hang their hat on. This absolutely deranged lunatic, this Obama appointee, uh, this guy who's like a, a political assassin, this guy who's been like spanked and destroyed in the Supreme Court before, goes back for more. All right. Jack Smith has actually a long history of losing in the Supreme Court. And baby, the libs are freaking out. You can always tell when they are in total and complete, when, when they have been, when the activation occurs for the most mentally ill people to start screaming online, you know, you know that good things are happening. Okay, we're going to cover all of it and what this act, what this immunity claim actually means. And I want to sort of start at the core issue of presidential immunity. The president is the most difficult job in the world. Uh, being president, there is no argument that like you are arguably the most powerful person on earth, the president of the United States. It is a tough job. Um, this is why you're seeing like the utter and abject decay of Joe Biden. People that don't have the timber to be president uh, can't be president. They collapse. They destroy themselves being president. Some people make really great presidents. Have you ever seen the side by side of Abraham Lincoln before he got into office and then after being president for two terms? Dude, this office like really, really just like it, it, it destroys people. Some presidents actually literally die in office. FDR is a good example of this. Um, and so there's no, no, no doubt this is a tough job. And the reason it's a tough job is because you just never really know what uh, the decisions you're making are right. And the decisions you're making have major consequences for people. Sometimes those decisions in the long scope of history turn out to be a horrible idea. George W. Bush, I am no fan of George W. Bush. I'm no fan of his father either. The decisions they made turned out to be horrible for America. Patriot Act, starting wars based on lies. But in the fog of war, you make these decisions and sometimes they're like horribly wrong. Like, for instance, straight up cold-blooded murder of Americans. This is a great example of a time when a president beloved by all of our, of course, institutions who has all these Netflix contracts, who's making movies now in Hollywood, Mr. Barack Obama. Barack Obama, while he was president, ordered the straight up murder of teenage Americans. There's a teenager who was killed by Barack Obama in a drone strike. The ACLU literally sued Barack Obama over this. So this boy was 16 years old. His name was Amwar Al-Laki. I don't, I'm not going to um, say that this was a good person or a bad person. I don't really know what I will. And that, that shouldn't be up to me. It should be literally up to a court as to whether the president of the United States can order the literal assassination of another American, the most cold-blooded murder of another Amer of an American citizen via the American military. And the answer is no, he can't. So should Barack Obama be facing murder charges right now? Because on every level, including from the ACLU, yes, he should be. But because of presidential immunity, because there has been a longstanding rule that the decisions that presidents make, they are not to be criminally charged for because it is a tough office and they'll effectively, like the judge will be history, right? On presidents. That's just the way it's gone. Another like example here 
ladies and gentlemen, if they open up precedents for criminal prosecution, is obviously we have a president who's still living who was a guest on Epstein Island like 400,000 times. Flew on Epstein's plane like a bunch of times. His name rhymes with Bill Clinton. So so inspired was Bill Clinton, by the way, by Jeffrey Epstein's um, predations and offerings that Bill Clinton invited Jelaine Maxwell to the wedding of his only daughter. We actually have that image right here. Do we? No. All right, boys, I asked for this one. Come on, let's go. Okay, here we go. Here's Jelaine Maxwell at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Look at her peeking her little face out. But we're supposed to believe that Bill Clinton never did nothing on all these private flights where we know for a fact that Bill Clinton told his Secret Service to get off the flight so we could have a real one. All these photos of him chomping a cigar on the uh, Lolita Express. Boy, man, it'd be really special to start prosecuting presidents. Man, there's fertile ground out there for any uh, any prosecutor with a little muster that wants to that wants to gain a little cred with the uh, Republican grassroots. Why would Jelaine Maxwell be at Bill Clinton's daughter's wedding? Boy, not, not sure. Bill Clinton's on the manifest for the Lolita Express 27 times. And now we know from the documents that have been released that the underage trafficked women on Jeffrey Epstein's island, that they're, they are straight up saying Bill Clinton was there. We had dinner with him. We talked with him. He was like being taken off to different rooms on the island. Hmm. Maybe that's why when Jeffrey Epstein was murdered in federal lockup, the first people on that island were the CIA the FBI raiding it. Why would the FBI be raiding Jeffrey Epstein's island? What would they be covering up or getting their hands on? Interesting questions. Not for this show, though. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about something different. We're talking about Donald Trump here. I'm just trying to set the table. Put a little meat on this bone. What's going on here, baby? The immunity news. This is massive because the Supreme Court's going to decide most likely in favor of Donald Trump saying like, wait a second, we're not chart. We, we have a longstanding tradition here to not charge presidents for crimes that they may have committed while executing the office of a constitutionally protected branch of government. Second article. Here we go. Tonight, this is a big win for the Trump team in the sense that it delays the federal criminal trial that special counsel Jack Smith had originally pushed to start March 4th. After a loss at the D.C. Circuit, which issued a sweeping decision ruling against President Trump on this issue of immunity, we've been standing by to see whether the Supreme Court would actually get involved. Well, today's order puts the immunity issue on the fast track at the high court, with the justices limiting the question to this. Whether and if so, to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office? The order provides no indication of how any justice voted on whether or not to hear the case, but makes clear the court is, quote, not expressing a view on the merits of the issue just yet. 
Arguments will be held the week of April 22nd. A decision is most likely to come toward the end of the court's term in late June. Until the Supreme Court makes a decision, all the activity at the trial court level is on hold. That means only once the high court does ultimately rule, will all of the pretrial motions and discovery resume. Should the Trump team be on the losing end of a decision at the Supreme Court, it is sure to argue it needs several weeks, if not months, to gear up for the federal trial, the criminal trial of the former president, possibly pushing the start to late summer or early fall. (laughs) Oh, baby, I hope you have your salt shakers ready. We have so much salt to pour on these salty libs because they are losing their minds because the goal was, of course, to put Donald Trump in prison to make sure that he couldn't campaign. Man, these Marxists are such vile people. This is causing the panic. The panic is the timeline. If you if you care to know, like whether these individuals who we we who we are fighting on this program, we we don't fight flesh and blood. We fight ideology here. Uh, the ideology of the Marxist is simple: anything for power. Go look at the history of Marxism throughout uh, any country that has been tried. Anything for power. They always lock up their political. It's the playbook. This doesn't surprise us. It shouldn't surprise you. They lock up their political enemies. This is the role of the, this is the the purpose of the Marxist. Okay. And so we shouldn't be surprised when they have these hysterics and the fact that they can't lock up Donald Trump in prison before November 4th election date is causing an apoplectic meltdown. And the Supreme Court taking up this case, this case means effectively there's no chance of that happening. Zero. If you open up your door this morning to grab your newspaper with a cup of coffee, like I did, and your street was filled with salt, that's because there was so much salt flowing from Washington, D.C. down, it all the way down to Florida. Big pile of rock salt in the street. Jonathan Turley saying, no chance, they're done. Watch. But what he he may have going with the justices is where to draw the line uh, for presidents. When is immunity applicable? That wasn't quite so clear from the lower court decision. But the real victory here for Trump, it deals with the calendar. You know, the, the overriding push of Smith, the special counsel, has been to get a trial before the election. He's running out a runway. If this opinion doesn't come out until June, perhaps, you have to remember that even if Smith wins, the mandate goes back to the district court, which has to handle all the pretrial motions. That could take months. A couple of months could easily be eaten up. And then the trial itself can be three months. There's a standing DOJ policy not to have trials just before an election. So you're talking at at the earliest, likely late summer, and it could be knocking on the door of November. (laughs) Okay. So what does this mean? This means they can't put Trump in jail. This means they can't put Trump in prison. And that's been the goal. This is the playbook for every single Marxist or neo-Marxist movement all around the world. This is the playbook. And they are running up against, praise God, the institutions of our founders that predicted something like this because our founders came from something that was also tyranny. It wasn't exactly Marxism, but it certainly was tyrannical where a very small group of evil people 
who had all the wrong priorities and could care less about the citizens of the country decided to make life far worse for those citizens to benefit them and their political ideology and their, their political power. It's just it's similar systems. It's just power politics. So you shouldn't actually be fearful of this because America is, of course, the the institution that stands athwart this. This is the way that it was forever for all human history. Praise God for our founders. Thank God for a country that actually was founded correctly and that has institutions like the Supreme Court to take up uh, to take up questions like this. Do you want can we charge Bill Clinton for everything with Epstein? You know, Jeffrey Epstein went to the White House like dozens of times. You know, Harvey Weinstein went to the Obama White House like tons of times. Michelle Obama on tape being like, Harvey Weinstein's a great man. Then she put her daughter in Harvey Weinstein's company to be an intern when she was like a teenager. These people are monsters, all right? So can we charge them all? Can we charge Barack Obama with murder? Because Barack Obama, this is not up to the question. Barack Obama straight up murdered an American, okay? The only person murdered on January 6th was Ashley Babbitt, American veteran, killed in cold blood without warning, unarmed. Okay? So, shall we open that Pandora's box? People who are logical and who are like understand America's founding and are free-minded people, like free think, like, like tr- true classic liberals, as they would call us, who want to like live freely and not under the tyrannical boot, we say, yeah, this is actually really good. This is a good idea. Probably shouldn't be able to criminally charge every president. Then you'd only, you know, you, you really would get like fascistic dictatorships if you could just criminally charge every president. But those who are the fascists are going to lose their minds because they love having all this power. They want every president to be under their boot. They want to be able to destroy the next Republican president and the next Republican president. And so they lost their damned minds last night. It's We have too many clips to actually inter, to, to like preview all of them. So ladies and gentlemen, I'll just begin by saying this will be the longest in history. You're about to experience a historic moment. The longest in history, salt that lib of this show. We have pulled our favorite clips from last night, okay? Uh, Rachel Maddow, Andrew Weissman, McKay, Braskin, some of your favorites are going to be in here. We made a, a very special Salt Out Live compilation. All of the angriest people are furious and seething and are salt, salt, just rock salt, like, but like the hot rock salt from like a molten lava, like explosion and a volcano pouring down their faces. So I want you to join us in this, the greatest Salt That Live ever for the uh, fascistic neo-Marxist left learning that our founders 250 years ago know better than they do and have stopped them, have instituted, have created institutions to halt Marxism. Even now, 250 years on to this American experiment, the salt must flow, baby. The salt must flow. Let's go. The biggest salt that live ever. You're going to love this one. Then the appeals court gives a bulletproof ruling, as Dahlia says, and they still decide to take it up. What it says is that they are corrupted political actors who act in bad faith. The reason why people like Mark and people like Dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real, because they're realists and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home and people sitting in the White House 
have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign trying to do its best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them. And somebody, somebody needs to start listening in the higher echelons of the Democratic Party because we will keep losing every day. We allow these six Republicans in robes to rule over all of us. So the idea that this is an open question, that it might be that a former president can never be tried for something that he did because he was president when he did it, is disproven by a plain reading of American history and the whole justification for Richard Nixon being pardoned in the first place. So the idea that this has to be taken up is them saying the sky is green. Right. And I think even for the non-lawyers among us to be able to say, you know what, the sky is not green even on our worst day, this is BS. You are doing this as a dilatory tactic to help your political, uh, your political friend, your partisan patron. And for, for you to say that this is something that the court needs to decide because it's something that's unclear in the law is just flagrant, flagrant bullpucky. And they know it and they don't care that we know it. And that's disturbing about the future legitimacy of the court. I actually step in and say, I think this is too close. I mean, the, the, I think it's important to take a step back and realize how big this is. We talk about so many different legal developments, but this could actually decide whether this happens. And if it doesn't, if Trump does win the election, this case hasn't seen the light of day before then, he makes it go away. Gone. The jury, the American people, never get to hear these charges in this never case hear. argued. They never hear this one, and they never hear the Mar-a-Lago case, which I agree with Shan will be, was, was likely to be heard after the election anyway. <laughs> so you think about that. If, if as we, some of us think that this unlikely with this with this decision today that we're unlikely to have this case tried before the election. You're basically looking at a 50 50 chance that either of these cases will ever go to trial. It's remarkable, Joan, the role the Supreme Court is going to play. As you pointed out, with respect to the substance, it is hard to find somebody other than one of Trump's defense counsel who is actually with a straight face making the argument that you can kill somebody um, by ordering SEAL Team 6 to kill a political adversary. And that is official acts of a president that are immune. Um, and so there's very little substance. And you have two really spectacular decisions at the district court and the court of appeals. So then you deal with the timeline and this issue of does the Supreme Court somehow think, you know, it needs to give um, sort of the stamp of approval. It should the highest court of the land. It should weigh in on this issue. Um, there, there is uh, there is a lot tonight to be pessimistic about. But the ultimate decision is almost irrelevant because even if they were to say that a president is not immune by delaying it so much, they are de facto saying mm -hmm. that this former president is immune and they're in, they're essentially having a sort of a de facto um, veto on the grand jury process and the rule of law. <laughs> When all of our favorite people on earth are having apoplectic meltdowns and running to the therapy couch of MSNBC, 
and weeping openly and rending their garments, that's a great day. That's a good day. Remember, these people are Marxists. They're neo-Marxists. They don't love uh, this country. They don't want the rule of law. They want to destroy and rip down any institution that stands in their way, and they've proven that. And they wish to have get out of jail free cards for the allies that allow them to have power. And now, finally, we are seeing a little bit of accountability. We will begin to see now a sea change. That's what you're watching. You're watching an energy change shifting and shifting in the direction, not of the same type of weaponization because that's morally evil. I would never call for that. I would only ever call for people who are actual criminals proven out by crimes in actual courts of law to be put in jail. So if there's act, if there's real evidence, then bring it. Donald Trump has never been charged with insurrection. Not a single charge is he's an insurrectionist. Seditious conspiracy, any of it. Not a single charge. They can't even come up with it. And they're drug adel delusional manufacturing TDS orange man bad haze that they live in they can't come up with a single charge to bring that meanwhile on the other side of Capitol Hill the preponderance of evidence against the Biden crime family mounts and overflows we spent the entire day yesterday playing you Joe Biden's own voice talking about Ukraine talking to his son about their business deals all of their business allies and business advisors saying that Joe Biden knew everything that was going on. And ladies and gentlemen, behind closed doors, Hunter Biden was finally plied to testify. Whew, it didn't go great. I just wanna show you one thing really quickly here. Um, Hunter Biden, effectively his argument was, I was on drugs, or I was trying to trying to fight the Russians, right? That seems to be the argument from yesterday. Uh, there, there is a very, there is a very, very interesting moment where Hunter Biden was asked if the cocaine found at the White House was his. We found this particularly um, entertaining. You do a public hearing, Mr. Biden. Was the cocaine at the White House yours? Okay, there. <laughs> okay. And Hunter Biden's eyes at the pressure didn't look like he was having a happy time. So this is what Hunter Biden looked like after getting grilled by Congress. The man who we have to thank for all of this, the man who really has ribs made of rock, a person who has been unfairly maligned, a man who simply wishes to get to the truth, the great chairman, James Comer, joins the show live now to talk with us about everything that happened yesterday. Mr. Chairman, thank you so much for being on the program. The audience is here with bated breath. Please, the floor is yours. What happened yesterday? What are our takeaways? Well, we had an opportunity to ask Hunter Biden questions for over three and a half hours. The Republicans had over three and a half hours. The Democrats didn't use their time. So we got a lot of questions in. That's why I wanted to have the deposition versus the, the public hearing. We're going to have the public hearing now, but we had to get the deposition in. We spent the first hour of the deposition asking about specific transactions, specific accounts, specific LLCs. And uh, I think that you've done a pretty good job reporting about uh, what happened. You know, when when he 
needed to remember that his dad wasn't sitting beside him when he sent that text extorting money from China. He remembered that. But when uh, there was a suspicious wire from a, a adversarial country coming into it, he was on drugs and high and couldn't remember that time. So he had selective memory like so many of the other Biden associates. But I think what we were able to prove yesterday uh, for our case moving forward was that uh, there are many of the criminal wrongdoings that uh, he was con that he confirmed during his testimony yesterday, as well as there were many things that some of the other associates of his had testified in these interviews and depositions that he denied. Uh, so it was in conflict of what we've already received in sworn testimony from other associates. So I think the next phase that the American people deserve is to have a public hearing with Hunter and the other business associates and let the American people determine whether or not uh, they believe the Bidens are telling the truth. But one thing I will say, Benny, after, after three and a half hours of deposition with Hunter Biden, after four hours of interviews with Jim Biden, I still don't know one single thing those businesses did to earn the, the $30 million they took in from our enemies around the world. They've never been able to explain to me or anyone else investigating uh, the Bidens for corruption what exactly they did other than sell access to Joe Biden. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I, I just want to state for the audience uh, that that's that's a little buzzer ringing when votes are called inside of uh, the House. That's not Jamal Bowman pulling the fire alarm. Uh, uh, I just want to set everyone uh, at ease there. Uh, so when it comes, speaking of Jamal Bowman and open criminality inside of the building, it does seem as though Hunter Biden took, according to what we've heard, uh, the whole I was on drugs uh, uh, route out in many of these cases. So that's, so that's what he said. He said he was lying when he was talking about his father being there next to him. He was on drugs. He just doesn't remember. Well, it was funny. You know, I've got to be careful what I say because we haven't released the transcript yet. Uh, hopefully we'll do that in the next 24 hours. You're not really supposed to talk about the deposition. Uh, the Democrats have clearly broken that rule, but uh, I will say this, Benny. when, when he got backed into a corner, then when he was asked about an email or a text message, if he didn't say that it was Russian disinformation, uh, that uh, the laptop had been compromised, then he would play the, yeah, I was on drugs and high on uh, cocaine. I, I couldn't remember. But then uh, other times uh, he would say, no, absolutely not. Uh, so yeah, he, 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 he was on drugs and couldn't remember sending that WhatsApp message, but he did remember his dad wasn't sitting there beside him. And that was oh, the good. Okay. takeaway from that. Yeah. Very important. Clairvoyant, really, truly, because Joe Biden definitely wouldn't have remembered where he was at the time. Uh, we know that from the her report. So we've heard something very shocking yesterday. Uh, a member of your committee went and approached the cameras very briefly and said, Hunter Biden said that he was fighting the Russians on the Ukrainian gas board. Um, that's pretty peculiar, given the fact that he accepted three point five million dollars from Elena Baterina, who's a Putin ally and the Moscow mayor's wife. It's a strange thing to say you're fighting the Russians when you're accepting their money. Right. You know, that was a new, you can always watch what's being said by uh, the Biden legal team or the White House, and you can anticipate a, a new twist in the media narrative. So when, when Hunter said that, I, I immediately thought, oh, now the twist is going to be Burisma was not a corrupt co country, uh, company. They were actually fighting Putin, and Putin <laughs> means Trump. 
So, you know, the 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 whole uh, Democrat obsession with giving a blank check to Ukraine uh, kind of played out a little bit yesterday when uh, when uh, the president's son went into great detail and, and was very dramatic in describing uh, what my colleague in the deposition said that uh, he was suddenly uh, a great warrior against the atrocities of Russia. Yeah, I mean, we have the articles up on screen right now. Hunter Biden cashed massive checks from Russians mm-hmm. and then also cashed massive checks from Chinese companies. You've, yep. of course, shown those checks to the world. Some of them signed to Joe Biden in yep. part. And uh, these Chinese companies are Russian allies, right? So they were making tons of money from Russia. Yeah, there's more evidence in what we've uncovered with the Bidens to show that they actually colluded and, and profited and benefited from Russia than anything I've ever seen uh, on the Trump family. You know, the whole mm. Trump, uh, Russia, Russia, Russia hoax was based on the Steele dossier, which we now know is complete fiction. But what we have proven in this investigation is what you said, Benny, that Hunter Biden took three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch. Joe Biden dined with that Russian oligarch. And then from a policy standpoint, Joe Biden's had three executive orders issuing sanctions against Russian oligarchs. All three left the particular this particular Russian oligarch off the sanctions list. So right there you have, you know, what what I think is is a clear violation of uh, you know corrupt practices, uh, as well as a policy decision that was made by the president uh, to benefit. Uh, one of these shady characters that gave the Bidens millions of dollars. Yes. So you talked about your aha moment when you're like, oh, okay, now I see the narratives forming in real time. And I spit my coffee out, uh, uh, Mr. Chairman, when I saw that the FBI acted with absolute light speed to burn one of their sources and say that he lied to us. How dare he? We're going to charge him. Now, um, that's fine. You shouldn't lie to the feds. But they never charged anyone with the Steele dossier, which you just brought up. And that that went on for years, that investigation. The FBI yeah. never once, and it would have been very helpful to Donald Trump to say, Christopher Steele lied to us. This mm-hmm. dossier was manufactured, Russian disinformation, quite literally, paid for by Hillary Clinton. They knew it the entire time, but they never charged anyone. Right. And they certainly never did so to circumvent a news cycle. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I saw Democrats come out. While the hearing was still going on, which is preposterous, and against the rules, what they did was a clear violation of committee rules. You're not supposed to talk about what went on in a deposition until the transcript, until both sides agree on releasing the transcript, which we're going to do as soon as it gets topped up and ready to go. You had seven different court reporters in there doing all of this, but they clearly broke the rules when they did that. The rules that they agreed to, but but I just wanted to make that point. That's why Republicans were going out during the deposition talking about it because we made an agreement, and you know the rules don't apply to Democrats, and they sure as hell don't apply to the Bidens. Please. So I just I, and I don't want to belabor the point by being too long winded here. I'm just trying to connect the dots. So the FBI, a big piece of evidence was the FD 1023 about the Biden bribe. The FBI comes out and charges that guy in order to discredit him and say that he lied. Now, I don't know what the internals look like there, but they never did that for the Steele dossier, even though it seems to be on its face, then something very similar, like a very, very similar case. It seems as though the FBI and the intelligence agencies were working to circumvent the narratives around your investigation. 
There's no question. You're exactly right. That's exactly what happened. Uh, in fact, once the FBI learned the Steele dossier was fake, they offered a million dollars to anyone uh, in a desperate attempt to try to validate it somehow. Well, with this situation, when we discovered the 1023 from the source that Charles Grassley had within the FBI, the uh, we knew that the FBI had never investigated. We knew that, and they hadn't. By all accounts, they had never even looked into that. Then we asked Christopher Ray, Jim Jordan, Chuck Grassley, and I asked Christopher Ray who the informant was. He wouldn't tell us. We never knew. All Christopher Ray said about the informant was he was one of their most trusted, highest paid informants in the entire bureau that they had paid him in excess of six figures for over 10 years. That's all we knew. Now they're charging him. One of the things they charged him for was communicating with Russia. Well, it looks like he was a U.S. spy in Russia. That's what the United States government was paying him to do, was to, to <clears throat> spy on Russia, communicate with Russia. So I don't know whether he lied or not. I know in there it said the money would be dispersed through various bank accounts. We found that uh, in that, that trend in, uh, in Romania and China. They said that Hunter was going to get over $5 million. We found that. He did get over $5 million. For we haven't found the money that was in the allegation to Joe Biden, but we're unable to investigate this because all the characters are in Ukraine. We, my subpoenas don't work outside of the United States. So many of these characters, these shady, shady characters in these other countries that sent the Bidens money, they're hiding out in China. They're hiding out in Ukraine. They're hiding out in, in Kazakhstan and in Russia. The subpoenas don't work over there. That's where you have to have an FBI to get your back. Not only is the FBI not cooperating, they're doing what you just cited in your example. They're doing things to obstruct our investigation and to discredit the investigation and then work and collude with the corrupt mainstream media to create false narratives. This has been a very difficult investigation, but at the end of the day, I think the American people see the Bidens have taken in $30 million from our enemies around the world, and they can't say one darn thing they did to receive the money from the people that we've interviewed. We know they were selling the brand, the brand with Joe Biden. Joe Biden said he never met with any of these people. We've proven he met with all of them. He would go in, he was the closure, the closure that would go in and uh, nail the deal down, the Biden family would take in millions and millions of dollars. This is influence peddling. I think most Americans would agree that it needs to stop. And that's what I hope the ultimate outcome of this investigation is to define what influence peddling is, prevent it from happening in the future so that we don't read about the Menendez's and the Bidens in Congress continuing to enrich themselves uh, through public corruption. Yeah, Mr. Chairman, the allegation that you just made is really shocking that American federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies are actively obstructing and punishing people who blow the whistle on illegality inside of our own Congress in order to protect in order to protect people of a particular political persuasion. Look at the two IRS whistleblowers, uh, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. They they came forward. Everything they have presented to us has, has checked out and they've been retaliated against. They they were doing their job. They were the top people in the IRS International Tax Crimes Division. They investigated the Bidens for years. It was obvious the financial crimes they were committing and yet they were told to stand down by the Department of Justice.
And, and look at the Biden family. Let's just look at the family. They've been investigated by multiple uh, U.S. attorneys in multiple districts. They've been investigated by the FBI. They've been investigated by the IRS. They've been investigated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. They've been investigated by the ATF. The list of government agencies goes on forever that have been investigating the Bidens, yet not a single time have they even had to stand trial or, or, or face an indictment. Every single time they were told to stand up. Uh, and, and the Treasury, with the 170 bank violations that we discovered that the Biden family had, 170 suspicious activity reports. This is unheard of, but yet no one in this family has ever been held accountable. That's what the purpose of our investigation is to try to first get the truth to the American people. And secondly, to somehow hold this family accountable as well as hold the government bad actors in the deep state who have been yes. a part of the cover up accountable. Yes. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm really glad that you brought that up, these bad actors in the deep state, because there is one text message from Hunter Biden that was a, a question that was asked yesterday uh, on X, and I'd love to ask it to you uh, right now. Uh, the text message has to do with Patrick Ho, uh, who's apparently worked with Hunter Biden and was a client of Hunter Biden's. He wired Hunter Biden $1 million uh uh, after the federal, after he was federally charged here in America, Hunter Biden says that China, as re retaliation, arrested CIA agents in China, which seems like spy novel espionage mm -hmm. stuff that comes directly from Hunter Biden's own hand here mm -hmm. in retaliation to the Chinese government in the ouster and arrest of U.S. suspected CIA operatives inside of China. So like, it, and then he pulls in, obviously, Vladimir Putin, the gas deals. And it seems like the Bidens are wittingly or unwittingly at the nexus of like some massive humiliations um, or major like uh, espionage acts uh, inside of that same deep state that you are describing. Did you ask Hunter Biden about these texts? Does he, I mean, does do they know that they might've gotten Americans arrested, if not worse, um, abroad because of their illegal activities and their greed? Well, I think what you're going to see in the transcripts is that uh, we have a lot of texts like that. And, uh, you know, the defense team for Hunter questioned the validity of the text because they came from the laptop. And then they're, they're trying to replay this Russia 2.0, that the laptop's Russian disinformation. Therefore, the laptop's been compromised. But we, we are all over that uh, accusation in there. It is a fact that Patrick Cole gave Hunter Biden a million dollars. And what it was apparently for was a retainer for, quote, legal fees, because Hunter was a lawyer. Uh, Patrick Ho got arrested in New York for bribery. He worked for CEFC because that's what CEFC did. They bribed high-ranking government officials and their relatives in countries so that they could enact their Belt and Road Initiative. I mean, that's the business model for CEFC. This Patrick Ho got arrested. He was charged and convicted in the Southern District of New York. He paid Hunter Biden a million dollars to be his lawyer. Hunter Biden's not even licensed to practice law in New York. He's not even licensed to practice law in New York. We don't know that he did anything uh, to warrant that $1 million retrainer. So, you know, what, what we're seeing in these, in these interviews and depositions from Jim Biden, who's not a lawyer, you know, his money, he's trying to claim we're, we're consulting fees. Well, consulting fees is the same thing as lobbying when you're lobbying a government agency or lobbying a government official. But J Jim Biden wasn't registered as a lobbyist. You know, Hunter Biden 
it has the benefit of, of actually having a law degree. So, you know, you can say, well, I got a retainer. That's what that uh, deposit into Owasco was. It was a retainer for my legal services. But then you see in this Patrick Ho situation, who was directly getting the money from China, it wasn't a company in China, it was China. And, it, you know, he gives Hunter a million dollars to be his lawyer, but Hunter's not even licensed to practice law in New York. So none of this makes sense. Uh, we're trying to get all of this on the record. Uh, we're going to be having the public hearing. We expect Hunter Biden to show up for that. And then uh, we'll be issuing our, our report and we'll, we'll go from there. We look forward to that. We we thank you. I mean, Hunter Biden did call this guy the effing spy chief of China. That is his client. I mean, the the the, the rabbit hole goes a lot deeper than I think many know. And we are so deeply thankful for you, Mr. Chairman, for your exposure to this. Uh, the truth shall set you free, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Godspeed. Um, Godspeed. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the chairman needed to wrap. He's obviously one of the busiest men, if not the busiest man uh, in all of Washington, D.C., and we certainly do wish him the best. And we do absolutely pray uh, for James Comer because, like, you, you got to like, imagine what he's up against. The guy is up against, like, the entire deep state that is, like, acting on the behest and the behalf. They're burning their own sources in order to protect Joe Biden. What does that tell you? What does it tell you about like the what these people are willing to do for power? Would they burn you? I mean, if they're going to do this to their own sources for which they operate, would they do it to you, for you, to you? Yeah, totally. We found that out, of course, during January 6th, where this the, the entire, let's call it the blob. Mike Benz calls it the blob. Totally agree with that uh, classification. The blob of the intelligence state and the super state. Uh, will a actively see uh, regular American citizens, peaceful Americans, as people to persecute. We are seeing, obviously, the uh, the ire and the targeting of the entire superstate turned on regular Americans. That happened, of course, during and after January 6th. People who made memes are being federally charged. Liberals who make the exact same meme about Donald Trump are not. Douglas Mackey is a good example of this. However, we are not a doomer show. We are not a black pill show. We are trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we believe uh, through powers that are not of this earth that we can uh, that we can actually create a better society. And so we wish to bring you good news that January 6th political prisoners are being freed, are being liberated right now because of our Supreme Court taking up a very specific charge that has been manipulated and weaponized, not the way it was ever supposed to be written. It's a section of the federal code. Section 1512C2 is what it's called. Um, I become a, it's kind of like a back of the napkin math expert on this just by having to go study it. Um, don't claim to be a lawyer nor a legal professional, but here's what this says effectively. That if you disrupt an official proceeding, then you can be charged, right? If you disrupt an official proceeding, now how would you disrupt it? Destroy evidence is what they say. Or if you make it so that that official proceeding, if you wantonly make it so that that official proceeding can't carry on. Now, what's strange is that when the libs storm the White House and Donald Trump has to be taken into a safe room 
Well, wouldn't that be obstructing the president's office and the official proceeding of the president? Not a single one of them were charged. Yet every J6 or virtually everyone, including Donald Trump, is being charged with Section 1512C2, obstruction of an official proceeding. This is something else that is before the court right now. And what it means is if the court says that this is an overly broad statute and then narrows it, right, that means that maybe thousands of January 6th political prisoners go free, file a class action lawsuit against the federal government. It could mean really good things. And in fact, it means that January 6th political prisoners are being freed right now as we speak. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. A January 6th defendant has been released pending the Supreme Court's review of this specific section. Let's go. Also in April, keep in mind, the Supreme Court will hear arguments from a January 6th defendant who is challenging whether the DOJ improperly charged him with obstruction of an official proceeding. Now, President Trump is also facing that same charge. So if the justices decide it was improperly applied to January 6th defendants, it's possible that part of Jack Smith's case against the president could be gone as well. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the image of uh, this poor uh, individual. We feel so horribly sorry for her. Her name is Sandra Wire. She has been freed. She has been released. Thank, like, because of the court's review of this and because, well, the handicappers are saying this isn't going to stand. Like all of the grannies, We've said this many times and we've like we've we've parsed this out many times. OK, there are three groups of people on January 6th. There are literal hooligans. Many some of them were Antifa members. The federal government has charged an Antifa and BLM activists for sneaking in and playing a Trump supporter and causing problems. We've covered that case. There was literal Antifa members that were sneaking in on January 6th to cause problems. Hooliganism, fighting cops, punching cops, go to jail. Sorry, don't care what you wear. Can't fight a cop. Can't break into buildings. All right. Whatever that like whoever did that th on this show, you're going to get me saying can't do that. Can't do it. All right. I don't like it when the left does. It. I don't care if you're in black block or MAGA hat. Can't do that. OK, that is a very teeny small number of people. The next group of people are federal agents who we know for as a matter of fact, in fact, Clay Higgins, a friend of the show, we should totally have him on. Talk about this. Just just released yesterday that he has seen video of federal agents walking into the bathroom and changing clothes and coming out as uh, MAGA supporters. He has the footage. So expect more on that. Federal agents and federal law enforcement undercover, earpieces and everything, who were acting at, at the direction or the order of someone. We know Nancy Pelosi wouldn't take the phone calls. We know that Donald Trump wanted to secure the building. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't allow it. Nancy Pelosi didn't listen to the Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund for 80 straight minutes. Nancy Pelosi allowed the building to be breached. Why? Because they needed a political result out of this. Either way, that's another group of people, federal agents. All of them should be charged, to be quite honest. Federal agents and law enforcement that allowed this to happen. We have literal footage of the law. We have the footage of law enforcement agents encouraging people to behave criminally. Criminal trespass is another thing they charge these people with. Can you tell we've like, done our research on this. This is very important. The final group of people, which are thousands upon thousands of, uh, of, of paid of Americans who just like love their country a lot, are people who like didn't know what was happening and showed up to the Capitol and the doors were open. Now we know that the doors were opened sometimes by police officers 
Some of these people got police escorts like Jacob Chansley to the well of the Senate, armed police escorts. And these people sort of unwittingly did this little parade through the Capitol holding their 25 cent Walmart flags. These little grannies and these little grandmothers. Here's the footage of the undercover police officers. Footage of undercover police officers literally opening the doors and encouraging people to behave violently. When do these guys get charged? When do they get charged? Turn the volume on, will you, for this? Drain the swamp. So Drain help them up. Swamp. Drain the swamp. So this is a cop. This is an under. This is a federal. Let's go. Go. Let's go. Go. Help him up. Help him up. Get inside. Get inside. Get inside. Get inside. Hold on. Wait. Push him up. You ever seen this footage? You ever seen this footage from the cops telling people to illegally enter the building, knowing full well that criminal trespass? The little Pelosi clip. Gotta play that. Gotta play that, guys. Sorry, I gotta play this. I tell my boys, I tell, I tell, I tell the team that runs the show, I won't call for that many clips. <laughs> and then we get into this. But we've studied it too much. I don't think you'll find another show that's more obsessive about studying the details of this and exposing the lie. Nancy Pelosi, literally playing, literally saying, "I've been waiting for this." Trespassing at the Capitol, she literally, she couldn't help herself. She said it. What kind of sick monster is waiting? for trespassing at the Capitol. Also, that's not even a thing. It's the people's house. Right now, I could book a ticket to DC and walk right into the Capitol. How do I do it? I go through the entrances. I go through the mag, the the, the metal detectors. I, I talk to the cops. Hey, what's up? I wanna go to the Capitol. Okay, come on in, go through the metal detector. See ya. Then I book a tour and I wander around the Capitol. Or I go with I go through my congressional office and they take me through the Capitol. That, that's literally, you could literally go to the Capitol, right? That, trespassing at the Capitol, it's not even a thing, right? But in the middle of January 6th, in the middle of January 6th, Nancy Pelosi is on camera. We have the clip. Nancy Pelosi is on camera saying, I've been waiting for this, trespassing at the Capitol. What? Clips you'll never see played anywhere else. Here you go. We just, what's our superpower? We're alive and we pay attention. Here, we paid attention to this. Thought this was very strange. Go. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes, I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. I've been waiting for this. You've been waiting for trespassing on the Capitol grounds? Also, here's footage of Nancy Pelosi making sure that she hits Dem angles. This is during the uh, insurrection. Nancy Pelosi, that's her daughter filming her. Watch, Nancy Pelosi does a stutter step here to make sure that her daughter gets the shot. So Nancy Pelosi can make a little documentary about her bravery that day. You ever seen these clips? Anybody ever played them for you? I mean, here they are. So you decide, ladies and gentlemen, January 6th, political prisoners are being let go. They are being freed right now. Praise God. The overcharging and the malevolence, the evil of this administration, it, it, it cannot be overstated. It cannot. Ladies and gentlemen, um, in a moment, we're going to be joined uh, by the single reporter, the single journalist on uh, God's green earth that has actually done more to present the case 
and presents the argument and to expose the truth about January 6th. Expose the lies of January 6th. Both are equally weighted important. And ladies and gentlemen, um, man, it is uh, it is such a profound moment to finally see a little bit of silver lining on these dark clouds. We cannot we cannot play this footage enough. The undercover cops encouraging illegality. The innocent Americans who just wandered through the United States Capitol, the cops fist bumping guys they had handcuffed. Still don't know what the hell that's about. Maybe Julie knows. We're not sure. What's going on here? Oh, okay. Here's a dangerous insurrectionist fist bumping the cop. What's that? They either know the guy because he's an undercover agent for the feds or the cops or the cops are just like, yeah, whatever, bro. Like, you know, things, things got a little rowdy. Get out of here. Come on, pal. Walk away. We both like the same football teams. We both have Gadsden flags in the back of our trucks. I don't know. I'm not sure. Hot damn. Do we need answers? And for those answers, ladies and gentlemen, we go to the one and only, the great Julie Kelly joins the program live now. Julie, thank you so much for being on the program and some light at the end of the tunnel, some silver lining on these dark clouds. A January 6th political prisoner has now been freed based on the Supreme Court's review of Section 1512C2. Uh, can you can you um, fill us in as to what's exactly happening here? Right. So the Supreme Court in December announced that they would review the DOJ's application of uh, 1512C2 uh, obstruction of an official proceeding. This is a common felony. More than 320 January 6th defendants have been charged with 1512C2. It represents half of Special Counsel Jack Smith's four-count indictment against Donald Trump for January 6th. But of course, the DOJ has weaponized that document-shredding statute that was passed in the wake of the Enron Arthur Anderson accounting scandal and instead used it to criminalize political dissent. And the idea that if anyone interrupted a meeting of Congress, which think about how often that happens, you have committed this felony uh, that could end up could land you in prison for up to 20 years. So the DOJ has brought this against more than 320, 30 defendants. Um, only one judge has dismissed the count. This is how it finally ended up at SCOTUS. But judges in Washington are so nervous that the Supreme Court will come back, oral arguments are in April, that they will come back, Benny, and reverse how DOJ has applied this. They're getting so nervous about it that defendants are now seeking early release for imprisonment on that count. And a few judges have now released January 6th defendants because there's a strong feeling uh, that, that the Supreme Court will overturn how DOJ has used this. They're also asking DOJ to seek plea agreements on other counts instead of this 1512C2. So the chief judge, former chief judge recently warned that in June and July, the federal courthouse in Washington could be a disaster with defendants seeking uh, vacating of sentences, plea agreements, convictions, et cetera. And boy, wouldn't that be so well-deserved by more than 15 judges who have allowed this count to go forward. Mm. And you've sat through many of these trials and they are heart-wrenching. 
the uh, treatment of these January 6th political prisoners is evil. It is like a, it is truly like gulag-esque. We pray for them and we thank you for your reporting on this. And before we sort of get to more of the Supreme Court taking on Jack Smith, I did want to stop for a second and and because I read the statute, I've read the statute a couple of times and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I was physically at the White House when libs, an army of liberal orcs, stormed the White House, broke through the fences, mm-hmm. threw bottles and bricks and everything out of the White House lawn. Donald Trump was taken into a safe room. They injured over 400 different security officers, Secret mm-hmm. Service officers. Like, if you are causing the president's, if you are threatening the president's safety so much that he needs to be taken to a safe room, isn't that obstructing of an official? Isn't everything the president does an official proceeding? Where Where is the gulag for all these leftist orcs? Well, there is no gulag. And more infuriatingly, Benny, all of those criminal cases, to the extent that charges were brought against what you're talking about, the protesters at Lafayette Square outside the White House in May and June of 2020, uh, after George Floyd died. Uh, And this lasted for weeks. I mean, they were destroying monuments. They were burning parts of St. John's Church, which is across the street. And to your point, trying to scale the fence at the White House and overtake the White House, prompting the lockdown of the White House and placing Donald Trump and his family in a secure location. All those charges have been dropped, completely memory hold. Um, And so obstruction of an official proceeding, seditious conspiracy. I mean, you name all of the charges that I've seen in January 6th could easily have been brought against those protesters. But all of those cases were dropped uh, and forgotten in memory hold, even though that happened seven months before January 6th. Not seven years, seven months. Could easily be bringing those same charges. It really does, like, it really does sicken the soul because it's the same people, right? It's the same people inside of these institutions, and they were there when Trump was there, right? It, like, it, it leads to a much larger question about the systemic rot inside of the system. I know this is ancient history, but during the Kavanaugh hearings in 2017, 2018, I was physically in elevators when senators were being assaulted. Like I was standing there in elevators with my senator, Chuck Grassley, when libs stormed the elevator and like stopped him from going to a meeting. Like that, that's, 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 that's as much as what happened on potentially January 6th. And not a single person was charged. They took over the Senate like a million times. These like lunat, these unhinged lunatics, mm-hmm. and stopped to try and stop Kavanaugh from being put on the court. And um, nothing. I mean, I don't. I, for, to my knowledge, not a single person uh, was charged. But uh, apparently, you could have charged them with a fifteen twelve C two the entire Easily. time. Easily and threatening lawmakers and disruptive conduct in a uh, congressional building. Look, you don't even have to go that far back. You can go back, Benny, a few months. Look at what the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, Mm. they did the same thing outside the White House at least twice, assaulting Mm. federal officers. They also disrupted numerous times Senate proceedings. Um, They occupied parts of the Cannon House office building, which is forbidden. You cannot, you can't take over and and occupy and demonstrate in the Cannon House office building. I personally watched a video of two men uh, coming right in Marjorie Taylor Greene's face, screaming at her. I mean, no one on January 6th got that close to federal lawmakers. Were those men arrested, thrown in a gulag, charged with threatening lawmakers or obstruction of an official proceeding or seditious conspiracy? Of course not. 
No. So I guess the I'll ask the bigger question after this because I want to cover what the Supreme Court did with taking up the immunity case. You've been nonstop on this on X. Can you sort of fill us in? Is how we started the top of the show. Obviously, the people that we hate, the the people we dislike the very most, are having truly like unhinged therapy therapy couch meltdowns over this. So that means something good must be happening. Exactly right. So yesterday, the Supreme Court granted cert, meaning that they will take up the uh, lower court ruling, both district court and appellate court in Washington, that denied Donald Trump's claims of presidential immunity from criminal prosecution. This stems from special counsel Jack Smith's January 6th indictment, which was handed down on August 1st. Now, I want to disabuse anyone out there. And if you're arguing with someone like Andrew Weissman or Rachel Maddow or anyone who is completely losing their mind on cable news and certainly social media, this case has been fast tracked from the very beginning. Think about this, Benny. Usually the typical J6 case from indictment to trial takes anywhere between 18 to 24 months, especially high profile cases. Judge Chuck can fast track this and only gave Donald Trump and his defense lawyer seven months between the indictment and the original March 4th trial. What they knew was going to happen in the interim, Benny, is that Donald Trump was going to argue that he is entitled to presidential immunity, which is what he did in a motion in October. Judge Chutkin waited two months. If anyone wants to blame the delay on what's happened here, she waited two months between that motion and handing down her history-making order that claim that presidents are indeed subjected to criminal prosecution. Now that set in that set in motion then, of course, the appellate process, Jack Smith, and what he himself called an extraordinary request, sought to leapfrog over the appellate court, the standard next routine step for any defendant. He went to the Supreme Court immediately in mid-December and said, this is so important, we need to bypass the appellate court process, ask the Supreme Court to take this up immediately. They denied that request. The appellate court then expedited the case. So Donald Trump filed his appeal December 7th. They held oral arguments a month later. Benny, usually this takes months before this happens. Then a month later, they hand down their opinion, of course, upholding Judge Chutkin's ruling. So everyone is on board denying Donald Trump presidential immunity. This is a matter that has never been addressed by the courts, by the Department of Justice, nowhere. It is unprecedented. So the idea that this should be fast-tracked because the Democrats, never Trump Republicans, the corporate media are so desperate to get an easy conviction in a Washington, D.C. courtroom where DOJ has a 100% conviction rate for January 6th defendants, not a single defendant has been fully acquitted by a D.C. jury. They know this is the easy one. And the Supreme Court said, yes, we will take up this case. We're going to hold oral arguments the week of April 22nd. And then that is now prolonging uh, what uh, all of these, what we call people that we hate, I'll say hate, uh, are thought that this would be an easy conviction before the convention in July, let alone before the election. Yes. And now, I mean, now it's seeming like there's not going to be any decision until the end of summer, maybe. And you never know with the Supreme Court, right? Like you, you never really know. So, yeah, so, so just so. to give people the timeline real quickly, um, if the Supreme Court even comes back at the end of May with a decision, which would be very hasty, um, you have to add three months on to that because Judge Chutkin has said she will give Donald Trump 
seven months to prepare for trial. Well, they've already cut out more than three months as this appellate process has made its way through the system. So if the Supreme Court comes back at the end of May, she has to add on these almost three months for pretrial preparation that's been suspended since December. That would move the trial earliest to the beginning of August. If the Supreme Court comes back at June, which is the end of their term, that pushes the trial to the end of September. The trial will be going on in Washington while people are voting, but there's no way the trial will conclude with a conviction before Election Day. And that is what these legal observers like Andrew Weissman finally realize and are um, going crazy over. <laughs> they really are. We played, we played, we we poured so much salt on them at the beginning of the show. Oh, just, it was so much fun. So, okay, I want to get to the bigger question here. And you and I have talked details quite a bit and the audience loves you and you have such a profound, deep well of knowledge about this. And you are one of the, the only reporters that I know that actually sits through these trials and really watches what's happening. And what you're seeing is, of course, the super state turning on their true enemy, which is the American people. And they are scared that the American people are waking up to the amount of corruption that's going on. And it seems like the regime is crumbling on all fronts. James Comer was just on the show uh, a few moments ago talking about the embarrassment of the Hunter Biden, uh, Hunter Biden having the FBI come through and like burn one of their sources just to try and protect the Bidens publicly. I mean, it's amazing. You never saw it happen with the Steele dossier when you lied to the FBI, but here we are. And so it does seem like there's a very like real collapse that's happening in real time. And there's like a big containment effort. And uh, the biggest, fee the sum of all fears is Donald Trump becoming president again and then fixing this system. As somebody who has really been like a mechanic on the inside of this engine and seen it yourself, right? You've truly like saw, seen how the gears move and work. How does Trump fix it, right? Like, so what needs to happen? I know it's a big question. We have the time, but what needs to happen so that this doesn't happen again? Not to the left. I don't want this to happen to leftists. I don't want it to happen to people on the right. I don't want it to happen to any American, right? It's like plainly evil. So what do we do? Well, look, I have said the real villains here are the federal judges who have allowed all of this to happen, who act as nothing more than a rubber stamp. And I'm talking about federal judges in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, should not have its own federal prosecutor, D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves. They should not have, certainly, their own FBI office, the Washington Field Office. And more importantly, they should not have their own federal courthouse, um, which is uh, the D.C. District Court, D.C. Appellate Court, because they all work in conjunction. Not to root out real crime, say the crime wave that is taking over Washington, D.C. No, they are using all of that authority to go after Donald Trump, his associates, his family members, and now his voters. Donald Trump, if I were him, and I don't care what the standard or basis is, executive order, day one. The D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office is shut down and defunded from any federal funds. Ditto for the Washington Federal Courthouse. Ditto for the Washington Field Office. We know the rot and corruption. We've seen it. This is also the source of Russiagate. All of the bad things that happen in this country happen right there within a few blocks of each other. Shut it down. And I'll tell you what, Benny. The Supreme Court coming back and reversing DOJ's abuse of 1512 C2 will give Donald Trump and Republicans the best reason to shut down this system because of the lives that they have destroyed, the weaponization of the law, people going to jail, 
People killing themselves, as you know, Matthew Perna committing suicide after realizing they were going to ask for years in jail after he pleaded guilty to obstruction of an official proceeding. So that will be the basis that will go a long way in shutting down the now it will shut down then doing the reverse, but then it just goes to other jurisdictions. So that to me would be step number one. Right. Ooh, into my veins please. Uh, uh, and you can, you can get Julie Kelly into your veins, not in a Hunter Biden way. Okay. But like, yeah. not in a, not in a San Francisco street no. corner way, but into your inbox. Class. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Into your <laughs> inbox. Declassified is the Julie Kelly Substack. declassified with Julie Kelly. This is the best way to find her work. And also please follow on X. Did I get that right, Julie? Yes, I believe it's now X. We all have to make. And Benny, I will tell people I'm going to be in a Florida courtroom tomorrow. Judge Aileen Cannon, I will be there covering the latest hearing in the classified documents case uh, and expecting a lot of fireworks in that uh, matter. And the trial set for May 20th, which she may set another trial date in the summer, which will then for sure end any hopes of a D.C. trial in 2024. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. To, it's amazing to see um, the reversals here, and it does feel like there's a shift in a real shift in energy happening. Um, and praise God for that. Thank you, Julie. Uh, Godspeed to you. Thank you. Ooh, baby, we got the news. It is breaking and it is happening so unbelievably fast. And we are so it, ha it happened so fast that we like and we can barely like we can bar barely cover it. All right. We're just trying to keep up. We promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that we will keep up with the breaking news. It turns out and this is going to come as a shock to you. It turns out that somebody from Barack Obama's old neighborhood uh, has decided that Donald Trump cannot be on the ballot that Donald Trump will not be allowed to run for president in the state of Illinois. <laughs> oh man, this is this is a really, really fun one. So Donald Trump has been removed from the ballot in Illinois by a traffic judge. <laughs> by a traffic judge. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. A very special judge in Illinois. A circuit judge in Cook County named Tracy Porter, somebody whose speciality is about as specialized as Nathan's hot dog, uh, she has decided that she is going to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Now, uh, this is what's amazing about this, that multiple judges have seen this in Illinois. The Illinois Elections Board have seen this, and they've all been like, this is complete bullshit. We're not going to like, we're not going to take Donald Trump off the ballot. You're stupid. So they just, they just judge shopped until they found someone dumb enough with enough parking tickets, apparently, Donald Trump must have double parked in Chicago. And so here, here we go. She presides mainly over minor traffic violations. <laughs> oh, the profound legal mind of our time. She has a job waiting for her in Fulton County. I tell you what, she's ready to go. Ready to go. You ever been to a cabin? Ah. Just that they're not sending their best. Just call it what it is. They're not sending their best. Ladies and gentlemen, here is uh, here's the news. Um, Donald Trump taken off the ballot by a traffic ticket writer. <laughs> it's amazing. Who's next? 
Who's going to do it next? The, the the fryer at Wendy's? Can they do it? Then I, I declare Donald Trump off the ballot. Here's your Baconator. Go. Fox News alert. An Illinois judge has just stripped Donald Trump off of the state's ballot. This action comes on the heels of Colorado stripping Trump off of their ballot. Both of these attempts to remove Trump from the ballot are being addressed by the Supreme Court. And we expect a Supreme Court ruling on this within a few months. Mm hmm. OK, so we look forward to going to Chicago. We're going to go to Chicago for the Democratic National Convention. Uh, like, pray for us, please. We are currently loading up on bulletproof vests. Um, and by the way, did you know that there was almost a thousand murders in Chicago last year? Do you know that? Do you know that like Chicago had like twenty five hundred like gun injured, like gun injuries just in like Chicago in Cook County, of course. In Cook County, which is the county where there's judges. Not, judge doesn't rule on those. No. Judge rules on if your parking meter was expired and whether Donald Trump can run for president again. The, that's the that's the the true genius of the system, you see. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna go to Chicago. We're gonna go to both national conventions. We're gonna have a bunch of programming uh around that. We're looking forward to a bunch of like big things, big like events that we've had planned. kind of like got into this, got into the system. These live events are amazing. So we look forward to seeing you on the road. Uh, do you live in Illinois? Do you live in Cook County? We'll see ya. We're gonna be having a, we're gonna be having events. So it's gonna be very, very interesting. Uh you can pray for us when we're there. You can pray for our health. Uh, the reason why we are not super concerned about our health whilst we are there is one, we'll probably be staying at the uh, barricaded Trump Hotel <laughs> in downtown Chicago when we're there. And two, because we subscribe to the wellness company. Ladies and gentlemen, globalists are making it clear that they wish for another pandemic and they might actually just manufacture one just for fun. It was super, super easy, super uh Helpful and convenient. Last time they manufactured a pandemic. The wellness company is here to help. The wellness company doctors and medical professionals uh, are ones that you can trust, like the great Dr. Peter McCullough. The wellness company medical kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, a guidebook to the aid and safe use of these medications. Rest assured that these emergency antibiotic, antivirals, and antiparasitics are on hand to help you. To order, go to twc.health slash Benny. That's twc.health slash Benny and enter the promo code Benny for 10% off. twc.health slash Benny. All right, baby. We got a barn burner for you that we just couldn't help but play. So we had um, we had dear uh, uh, Chairman Comer on the, sh on the show and we had to talk about all the breaking news and we couldn't get to this Matt Gates clip that is just pure fire. It's too good. Matt Gates broke the rules and walked up to the cameras yesterday and like issued a barn burner, like an absolute scorched earth against Hunter Biden. Um, uh, so we wanted to play this clip as sort of a preview to the chairman. We didn't have enough time. And the uh, and so we got to the chairman. Now, here we go. I want to jump back to Matt Gates real fast. Yesterday, the must see clip about Hunter Biden's testimony on the Hill. Let's go. I'd say that there were a number of interesting moments, but perhaps none more interesting than when Hunter Biden told us that he uh, joined the Burisma board to counter Russian aggression. I, I hadn't heard that one before, that thank goodness we had Hunter Biden on the Burisma board uh, because that was uh, central to his strategy to stand up to Vladimir Putin. So. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's very, very nice. Very good. We're going to. We're going to fight the Russians by taking all their money. Good job, Biden. Oh, gosh, we cheat his idea. We'll take all the cash from Russia. They'll pay us, and that's how we fight the Russians. 
<laughs> we'll sell them all of our uranium. Remember, that's what the Clintons did. How can the Russians make all their nukes? Well, we sold them the uranium to do it. You absolute jackwagons. Man, the people who run this country must not be very healthy. The people who run this country, um, maybe they need a cognitive test. Time for our Biden health update. Newsflash, Biden did not take a cognitive test yesterday. We started the show by saying that Joe Biden was rushed to the hospital. He did. He didn't have this on his schedule. He just went running out yesterday to the hospital. And all the reporters were like, what the hell is he doing in the yard? Apparently, he went and got his physical. Mm. But Joe Biden didn't take a cognitive test because the White House doctor says he didn't need it. <laughs> the White House doctor is definitely cringe Jean Pierre. We need to like, we didn't make like a. And we made like Jen Psaki and Cringe Jean Pierre, like, like put on doctor's outfits and like do the test. You're amazing. You're amazing, Joe. So Joe Biden, um, not doing great on a bunch of pills, right? So he's on these like blood thinners and nasal spray on some type of like antihistamine for, for, uh, drowsiness, heartburn, he has actually had a bunch of like aneurysms taken out of his brain. That's actually a real thing. It's not like a joke. Like he's actually had his brain cut open. Joe Biden said this and it's true. Like they took aneurysms out of his brain. Not a healthy dude. He's had a bunch of surgeries, had cancer taken out whilst uh, whilst he was the resident of the White House. Had to go under a local an uh, anesthesia. So technically Kamala Harris was our president. <laughs> you ready to get on a boat and sail to Cuba yet? Uh, maybe we just start over. But ladies and gentlemen, lucky for us, cringe, cringe was out making sure that we were aware that Joe Biden's doing great. Rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, cringe Jean Pierre, somebody who I would argue needs to take an IQ test just to see if she can function in society, um, is out saying that Joe Biden doesn't need to take a cognitive test. So really wonderful to see in life who your defenders are. And the defenders of Joe Biden is, well, cringe Jean Pierre. Here we go. I think uh, I think folks need to understand that the president passes again a cognitive test every day. If you look at what a clinical cognitive test is actually, what it actually does, it is a 15-minute appointment that is that is administered by someone that most of the time people don't actually know, and and uh, and the president has a team of doctors that is with him 24/7, and he is able to do the work uh, every day uh, that is rigorous, that is more rigorous than it would be for any 15-minute clinical uh, clinical appointment. Mm, very rigorous. Oh, Joe Biden's more rigorous. The, the the doctors are just amazed at Joe Biden. They watch him crap his pants, fall down the stairs backwards, fall across like flat surfaces. They watch Joe Biden be incapable of like remembering his son's death or his own name, his own family members. They watch Joe Biden space out. The doctors are just so impressed. Really, they're so impressed. And so is Kamala Harris, really. Kamala Harris was asked in a recent interview, and we can't help it because we love this clip too much. We can't help it. We'll keep playing it. Kamala Harris was asked in a recent interview, um, hey, uh, Joe Biden seems like he's um, not doing great. Like, can you put a mirror up to Joe Biden's like mouth and see if it fogs up? Like, is he still around? Is he with us? Joe Biden was asked this in a recent interview. Kamala Harris was asked this in a recent interview. This is our cringe of the day. Is it a nuclear cringe or a cringe alert, Royce? Nuclear. Okay, this is a nuclear cringe. <laughs> Here's our nuclear cringe of the day. 
ladies and gentlemen, Kamala Harris responding to how healthy is Joe Biden? We were talking to some Democratic donors mm-hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden and he is not able to run, mm-hmm. that there would be a free for all for who would run as president. Because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. <laughs> Gets me every time. Gets me every time. So, um, how's your, how's your wife doing? How's your wife doing, sir? Oh, she's alive. Mm. Might need to fix that. (laughs) What kind of answer is it? It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Joe Biden's very much alive. (laughs) She said it. She said it on camera. It's it's too good. We just we have too much fun on the show. We have criminal mouse fun on this show. We have this kind of fun because we are an independent show. Please consider supporting us. If you like the program, go to BennyJohnson.com. Sign up for the Benny Brigade. Uh, if you do, you get the limited edition leather made keychain. You can check out all types of awesome swag. The Brigade swag is amazing. This is the coffee cup I use every single morning. Has the salty army tank on it. Has the brigade logo. It's incredible. And also, nobody else does this. These are American companies. Our entire store is all American companies. Okay? Our store, our store, our merch. We this is very hard. And it's very hard to like actually keep this stuff like affordable, but we have done it. And we've worked very, very uh we've worked like dogs to get like all American companies. So this, like this, like it's like a it's like a tank shell. So awesome. Anyway. Drink it every single morning, and uh, you should consider going on to the store and giving some support to real American companies um, that are really just out here trying to save this country, just like we are. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we, um, you know, we have nothing left to offer. Sometimes the days are dark, but we end the show with light every single show. The verse of the day from Psalms. Hmm, I love me a good psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So important to be like introspective about the way that God saves certain civilizations or like casts them out. It's really important to sort of to to understand that like what God like what God really cares about is the condition of your heart. Not really your actions, not lines in the sand. He cares about the condition of your heart. Like through the Old Testament, reading all the way through to obviously Christ's teachings, like the heart is what matters. Not these teeny little rules or not these like hard little lines in the sand. Like it's, it's where's your heart, man? Like, where are you? And then God saves civilizations actually based on finding people that have good hearts. He did so with Sodom and Gomorrah. Are we living in Simon Gomorrah? Yeah, we are. So stand with me and be one of those people who at the very least like has their heart set on doing good, on trying as, as imperfect and humble, simple Christians, just trying, just doing our best, right? And God respects that. God respects that. God sent his son to this earth and he knows how tough it is down here. He does. He knows how tough and how evil, how twisted things are, how bad things are. 
Were things as bad today as they were in the time of Christ? Yeah, yeah. Evil people in charge, people using power for their own benefit, like horrible persecutions. They, when Christ was born, the king just killed all the babies to try and get rid of the, the king of the Jews. When Christ was born, King Herod to kill every baby. Ooh, Ooh man. Overturn Roe v. Wade, right? Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, just know, know that our sufferings today are the same as human sufferings throughout all time. And it is our obligate, as our job to be upright, to stand upright, to march forward, and to um to ensure that like the message of the the, the this message like gets gets carried forward. Um part of the way that you do that is obviously going live, shows like this. Um, reaching people on social media and reaching people like with with these messages, these interviews and stuff. The other way that you do that, something that we haven't really broken into, but we're really excited to partner with is Angel Studios. Angel Studios, awesome studio, The Chosen, Sound of Freedom. And they create these like, you go to like Hollywood and you're like, why do they, all these stories suck? Well, I mean, they suck because they're run by Marxists and these godless people that don't like you and don't like America. And obviously, like like Satanism and demonic activity, like stifles creativity. Evil can't create. Evil can't make something beautiful. But Angel Studios is a company that is run by Christians, and they tell like incredible stories, powerful stories, and do so in a beautiful way. And they have a beautiful story out about America and about the goodness uh, that was cast on our shores by a saint named Cabrini, uh, who is an Italian immigrant who came here and started orphanages and saved children, started hospitals, was the first American ever canonized. This movie is coming out. Um, please, uh, pre-sales are available right now. Uh, it has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's an awesome movie, ladies and gentlemen. I had a screening of it here in the studio. It was, it was so awesome, so awesome. So if you wish for more uh, encouragement and light in your life, then um, consider going to this awesome, awesome film. We're happy to like support other creatives in the industry here on this program. It's your boy, Benny, marching right alongside you, fighting right alongside you. See ya.